Okay, hey everybody, Joe with Gym Life Podcast, uh, back or fresh off OSG, which was only yet a few days ago. Didn't have an opportunity to make it myself, but had an opportunity to watch a lot of great athletes, just like the one joining me tonight. Uh, third at OSG in 2022, first at the Arnold in 2022, third at the inaugural Clash of the 64s, and fourth at OSG last year. And that's worth noting because everything's moving in the right direction. Holly McCray, thanks for joining me. Thank you for having me. How exciting is this for you right now? Uh, I'm not sure it's set in yet. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> this isn't your first rodeo. I just read your resume. And by the way, Canadian record holder in the Circus Dumbbell and the log. I mean, so you've been at the top of the world, at least in Canada, and then some in the last year. Uh, so this isn't a new experience, I wouldn't think. No, no, it wasn't a new experience. I mean, a different experience for sure with everything that was going on, but not new. So tell me about the show. You get into the show, you're, you're training well. I know you came off. Did you do Static Monsters this year leading into the show? No, no, I didn't. Um, I hurt my bicep in Clash in May. And so I took quite a long time to even see if my bicep was going to hold out for OSG. So I pretty much did nothing. <laughs> yeah. Um, how'd you hurt that at, at Clash? I, uh, I picked up the 300-pound stone. And as I was pulling it to my lap, I heard a pop. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, I didn't, I didn't, uh, I didn't pull it off or anything like that. Uh, I, I think I did like a grade three strain yeah. in the bicep belly. Um, and so I just kind of let it rest and hoped for the best. Did you, did you feel some twinging in that when you first came back? I say this cause I'm, I'm like relating to you right now. That damn sandbag got me like about four months ago. And it seems yeah. like every time I try to pick something up right now, I, I don't know if it's in my head or not, but I feel it, you know? No, uh, any uh, sandbag picks or stones, I still really feel it. Uh, if you know, if you watch the videos at OSG, I'm wearing a sleeve on my bicep in every event because I was starting to feel it. And again, maybe it was in my head. I don't know, but better safe than sorry. Yeah, well, you made it through. Um, arguably, and I, I know I have the pro picks when we were talking to Luke and CJ and Nick and Panda. Well, Panda was kind of out of that particular yeah. episode, but... We all agreed that 64 class is just an amazing class of athletes and women representing the strongman community from top to bottom. There, It was really hard to find weak points there. I know there were 15 or 20 that could have easily made it to day three or day two in this case. Do you think the events, the way they changed there at OSG because of the hurricane, having to go to day one and then over just immediately to day two, doing four events to three, do you think that changed anything ultimately with the way kind of people moved into that third day or second day? Uh, I think anything's possible in strongman. Yeah, true. Uh, I mean, we, you can prep as much as you want to prep for it. Uh, but I mean, nobody has any idea how it's going to work. Yeah. Um, I'd have to say slightly, it may have even been better because we ended up with an extra day to refuel ourselves after a cut. True. So if yeah. you were smart about it and you rested and relaxed and you know, properly refueled yourself, you had the ability then, right, for those four events. I'm used to competing six events in a day. So I I would say that could it have changed anything? Yeah, well, probably. Yeah, I guess. You're right. I mean, it's maybe a silly question. I, I know kind of the thought process going into OSG with that three-day opportunity. Maybe it's more about you know, just having those perfect four events kind of fall into your lap to allow you to get into day three in a really tough class. 
In this case, condensing it down, it probably made little difference. Although I think with your water cut and what you mentioned there, for some that probably played a bigger part than others, I'm sure. Yeah, I think, I mean, there were, I mean, like the farmers, they cut out the first two light ones. So I think that definitely could have hurt potentially people who weren't sure if they were going to get the heavier weight and things. Um, the sandbag, I think it might have been almost easier because we didn't have to waste our energy on the first sandbag and just go right straight to the fourth. But I mean, us 64K didn't have the mat, so then it ended up really slippery. Yeah. I I think they did the best they possibly could with what they were given. And every athlete just, I mean, we all rolled with it and we just tried our best to do what we could. I think it was an absolutely amazing job that Lynn did in making sure that show went off without a hitch, despite all the circumstances. I, think I, that. I have no idea how we did that. Yeah. A lot of help. I know there's a lot of people down there yes. uh, lending their hand to it. I talked to Don with ADL. He jumped right on board with the live stream and, I mean, just really cool. And of course, it, the setup was wonderful. Just watching it, that whole perspective. And again, I wish I was there. But before we get on to all the strongman stuff, you know, I wonder to myself, why is it that I've never had Holly McRae on my show? Because I want you to know, I'm a fanboy. I appreciate everything you're about. Your <laughs> boulder delts, you know, your bowling ball delts always catch my eye in every Instagram. <laughs> you love adventures. I love adventures. You love socks. Mm -hmm. I love socks. And you earn your booze. And I earn my booze, too. It's you like, want to see that in cool? party with you or compete with you? I'm not sure. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> what does that one say? My it said, oh, go ahead. Oh, I think maybe protein, maybe bourbon. Yeah, I'm with you. It's I like, just got this in the mail from Lori from Ontario. She's another 64 uh, girl. And she goes, check your packages today. Merry Christmas. And I was like, what? <laughs> that was the coolest thing. So, yeah, I'm I'm a very big Earn your booze kind of girl. Well, I, I looked through all your Instagram and what not for the first time, but I just I refreshed here today and your adventure section shows a lot of uh, shotgunning beers and enjoying yourself and having fun, uh, which you're Canadian. Of course, you're supposed to do that. It's a part of your heritage, I think. Kind of the strange brew thing, right? It's all about uh, Doug and Bob McKenzie up there. Yeah, I'm super northern, too. So I'm like right on the border of Minnesota. Oh, wow. Okay. So I pretty much live around mountains and lakes and we're always outside. So, I mean, yeah, Friday night is like cow tipping and some beer. And <laughs> it is so beautiful up there. God, it's so gorgeous. And I get up to the UP, of course, so it's a little bit similar to maybe the territory that you're dealing with. But let's talk about your strongman days and how you got into, well, this great sport of ours, right? I mean, what, what brought you to this craziness of strongman? <laughs> um, I mean, where did it all start for you? I was always a competitive, uh, I guess, athlete. athlete. I, did I was a figure skater for 12 years on every team during high school and stuff. Um, and then when I had my first child, I went to like 200 pounds. So then I got into the gym to try to like lose some of that weight. Then I had another child and I got back into the gym and I was just kind of, I guess, fiddling around. I didn't really know weights, had no idea what a deadlift was or a squat with a barbell. And my buddy goes, there's a strongman competition in like, I think it was like six months or something. You should try it. It had an overhead press, a squat, and a, I think it was like an 18 inch deadlift. And I thought he was crazy. I was like 110 pounds soaking wet. I'm like, I can't do any of that. So I ended up hiring a trainer at a gym, seeing if I could do it. And then I trained for it. And as soon as that first event happened, I was stuck. Yeah, you were. 
yeah. you know, I was looking at some of your skating an antics as well. That's amazing, really. Let's talk. I mean, you went that from was like a whole lifetime ago, though. Really, it's crazy <laughs> to me. I think you're. I don't know what you call the pirouettes you were doing and stuff, but I mean, yeah. in Canada, you're born on skates. I mean, that's the old adage, right? Everybody's got a pair of skates in Canada. But pretty much figure skating. I mean, there's some athletic ability there for sure. I would think a lot lower body. So were you pretty good in the gym right away when you hit the weights? Uh, no. No. Okay. No, I was like a drunk duck. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I, uh, I was used to doing like ballet and stuff for my off ice for my figure skating. And then I did body or volleyball and things like that. So weights were really not, we, we didn't really work well together. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're working pretty well together these days. How long yeah. did you, you kind of pick up the speed? You did that first contest. You loved it. How was it? I did you perform well? Was it just sort of what is what it was and you knew you loved the sport, so you wanted to stay with it. What were your first I, I don't think I did very well at yeah. all. Yeah. I, I mean, I did not. well for I mean, me, but not here. well. I you probably didn't, yeah. Um, and then following suit, um, I, I suffer from a spine injury, which starts with scoliosis, mm -hmm. and I didn't know that at the time. And so yoke was slowly killing me. <laughs> yeah, 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 I'm sure. And then I ended up getting really hurt in 2019 under the yoke and um, rehabbing back from that is kind of when I really started to kind of blow up because I started to actually know what my parts of my body actually were and getting informed on kind of the basics behind instead of just the events and just going in and doing a deadlift and stuff, actually seeing where your body needs to fire and what my body's doing. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I did read that, you know, you you had that injury in 2019. With that type of, um, I, I, I guess you would call it sort of a genetic condition, right? I mean, you were kind of born with it. Mm -hmm. uh, it becomes all the little intangibles at that point, doesn't it? When it comes to your training and how you perform, it's not about just getting under the yoke or just squatting or building your leg strength. It becomes much more of a, much more dynamic for you uh, with your training and I understand you have Max uh, Boudreaux that he trains you still, right? Uh, is that true? Uh, yeah, I have got him for most of mine. And then I've got Sean as my deadlift coach. Oh, Sean. That's right. Sean too. Yeah. So yeah. How, how has that kind of worked into your training around this condition that you have? Because listen, you did well at the Oak this year. No problems, right? Yeah. I don't know how that happened. <laughs> um, I actually, I have an osteopath and they work with me every single week. Um, so they manipulate my bones and kind of keep me walking. And then Max and Sean write my programs. And then I kind of just go based every day on how my body is. I've learned to be really in tune with it. So if a certain movement doesn't feel good, I just don't do it. And yeah. that's it. Um, and then I switch around. Obviously, I know which exercises are meant to target which muscle. And so I try to just switch around things that might not hurt it. If I'm yoking in my program for events i just don't squat the gotcha. compression is just too much for me to do um i also very rarely will i squat now without a box just for the extra support so i just kind of i just go with it so it's a listen to your body methodology more or less max yeah. writes the program sean picks up the deadlifts part of the program you put those together on the appropriate days both mm -hmm. these coaches know you pretty well and how you operate to keep yourself healthy. 
So it's kind of a, a you kind of flow through it a little bit the way you see yeah. your body. And I'm a personal trainer myself. I've got strength and conditioning background and a corrective exercise background. So then I added my osteopath who knows all of that as well. And Max has been with me for four years. So he was with me through all of this. Yeah. So it's just take it day by day and just see how the body feels. Some days I have really great days and other days I'm not, I'm not even going to be able to do anything in the gym. Yeah. And knowing where you come with your background, you don't even fight that moment. It's take a no. couple of days off, get back to it when I feel better. Don't push it, avoid injury kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, it's easy for us to say that uh, coming from my injuries as well, but for a lot of us, the strongman community, that's generally where most of these injuries lie. It's rarely in competition. It's always in prep. And I think mm -hmm. sometimes it's maybe because things are being forced to accommodate prior to competition. Would you agree? Yeah, okay. absolutely. The gym doesn't usually cause most of my injury. Um, I own a residential cleaning company. Okay. So I'm spending all day long just going like this, being bent over. And that's actually usually where it starts from. Oh, yeah. And then I go into the gym and you compress all of that. Mm -hmm. Right, so, right. So you finished that first competition. We can just assume you didn't do very well at all um, <laughs> based off your stature and kind of where you were at in the gym at that point. Uh, what was the next step for you? Was it just you fell in love at that point and just decided to uh, hit the weights even harder and look for your next contest? <laughs> when did that come about? Uh, no, I, uh, I, was, I started training a bit, um, kind of starting to learn what Strongman really was in the events. And then one of the um, promoters, uh, Ben Thompson, he called me up while I was going to daycare to get my kid. He goes, what's your shirt size? And I was like, small. And he's like, okay. And he hung up on me. And I was like, what is going on? And then I found out he had put me into provincials. Oh, okay. That's <laughs> and a pretty, I was big, like, pretty big deal up there, right? I was like, okay, so I guess I'm doing this now. How, how much then, time do you have to prepare for this? Oh, I have no idea. Not very long. I think it was only like a month or two. Oh, wow. Okay. I okay. had to go under a yoke. Um, we had a loading medley, I think. Uh, I think we had an overhead and a frame, if I'm not mistaken. That's a few years ago for me to remember. Yeah. And most of them I had only done like three times. Oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah. So how'd that show go? <laughs> I yoked we're going to get to winning, though, I think here eventually, but... I, uh, I yoked, I yoked in Ollie's. Yeah. Okay. That's how well that one went. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we're, you're making your way and earning your lumps and you're earning that, those drinks that we talked about, you know, earning your booze. You're, you're moving through your strongman career at this point without being paid, of course, because we never make any money doing this stuff, but you're loving the hell out of it enough to really to start moving through your competitions you said you picked up Max four years ago. That would be a year prior to your injury, mm -hmm. right? Approximately or so? Roughly. I think I, oh, uh, I think it was 2018 Nationals. I came dead last, and he became my coach right after that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, listen, that makes the story even better as far as I'm concerned. I was, I was really mad about that, and I swore it was never going to happen again, and it has never happened again. No, no. Your resume now is straightened up pretty well, but dead last, yeah. that would discourage a lot of people from even coming back. Yeah, that, that was hard. You. I, was, uh, I was really actually quite sad to come home and have to tell my kids that mom came last. Yeah. 
that was pretty much the the hardest part about it. And so then I was like, that's it. That's never happening again. Never again. Mm-hmm. And then Max ended up moving to Th- Thunder Bay and I stick, I've stuck with him since. Yeah, because that's uh, both him and yeah, him and Sam are there, and that's not too far away from you. Now that I think about the geography of that, you're right there, aren't you, Thunder Bay area? Then yeah, I I train in his gym. Okay, great. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that worked out really well. I mean, you got one of the best guys on the planet, and obviously one of the best women on the planet. Now, you've got quite a little uh, strongman group up there, by the looks of it, all world class. I could be really wrong on this one, but I'm pretty sure there's seven or eight pros in this city alone. We have the largest strong man. A cool road trip would be up just to get up to Thunder Bay and hang out with all you Canadians for like a week. I I couldn't think of a better thing to do. Uh, It'd be pretty interesting. It depends on if you know how to drink. Oh, that's actually, that's my best event. I don't know if you know that or not. Yeah. Well, see now, now we can be best friends. I think that's my best event. That's my best event by far, by far. I just do this because I'm okay at it. I'm a better drinker by far. So. So you, so you get with Max, you have that injury in 2019, you, you recover pretty well from it. When was your first contest back and, and how did you perform? And was there any issues that you felt like long-term, like, man, maybe I just can't make it back from that injury. Was there ever that point for you? I know it happens to a lot of people, it happened to myself with my hip, you know, like I'm going through these moments, even leading up to OSG when I was supposed to be there and I just wasn't recovering as quick as I'd like. It was a real setback moment emotionally. I mean, did you have those moments as well coming back from your injury? Um, I, I still have those moments. Okay. Because uh, there'll be times where it flares up and then I'm, you know, down and out for a few weeks. And I'm like, well, maybe this is it for me. Right. Um, uh, I took the summer off in 2019 to just relax. And I ended up dating a very large strongman who kind of pushed me. Um, to try it again and to like keep going and to like, and he kind of told me all about his injuries and stuff like that. So it kind of gave me a little bit of hope. Um, and then I went to nationals in one. Um, yeah, that's storybook, right? That's storybook. So, I have no idea how that even happened. And then I went to nationals the next year and won and got my pro card. Yeah. Wow. Um, did they do something to your spine when you went in there? I mean, did they insert some like gamma radiation or, um, you know, some hydraulics? I mean, what's really going on with you? Uh, I got my heart broke. Yeah. That's all it took. That's all it took. Oh, I hear you. That's all. And then I dove into myself for the last three years and, and that was it. Wow. Well, listen, it's so the recommendation to anybody out there looking to have a lot of success in this sport, (laughs) go get your heart broke. Says Holly McRae. Lots of trauma. Lots of trauma, literally lots of trauma. Right? Isn't that kind of what we all have? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> you found the perfect outlet by the sounds of it. And That's right. Yeah. And yeah. I'm a parent. So when my kids really piss me off, oh, then I just wow. go to the gym. Yeah, you never really find a bad day when you're training then. There's always something you can rely on, that emotional pain or the kids just getting on your nerves, one of the two. Pretty much. Wow. You really have <laughs> been on a ride then. You get done with this injury you've rehabbed well enough from it. I get it. It's always going to be in the back of your mind. You have those moments and Hey, listen, things are going pretty well. You win nationals, you win nationals again. I mean, why not? That's just for fun, right? Was it the pro card you were after at that point? Yes. Okay. So the first Canada had different weight classes than uh, America did. Uh, and so 
lightweights weren't able to get their pro cards. Oh, gotcha. And our middleweights would go to the Arnold as lightweights. Ah, uh, I see. Okay. Just because the way the weight classes worked and things like that. So it just wasn't possible to do so. And so the second year for nationals is when they started giving out the pro cards for the weight classes. Mm, okay. And all that's corrected now, if I'm not mistaken, because Strongman Corp's now taking a bigger presence in Canada, right? To equal things Yeah, out. now we've got Strongman Corp Canada. So everything is pretty much the same as the States mm. now. Okay. Yeah, I was talking to Sam a while back about how the Canadian scene, and, and I don't know, I mean, maybe this is just being presumptuous, but it seemed for a while there the strongman scene in general at large seemed to kind of take a nosedive, you know, mm -hmm. then along comes, uh, you know, along comes Mel and Sam and you, you know, and Max obviously. And of course you can get back to the other guys that were there long before, but that's really kind of the new generation, right? As you guys kind of are moving up and through, how's the scene there now? Growing. Yeah. It's uh, we just had uh, strongest woman in Canada and nationals. And then the record breakers a few weeks before OSG here in Thunder Bay, Max and Sam put it all on. And it was, it was huge. It was awesome to see wow. everybody come together. Finally, it was pretty nice. So I think it's definitely just going to start growing from here. Yeah. And that was from all corners of Canada or is, is it difficult for a lot of you strong men and women from Canada, from as large as as vast as that territory is to sort of find yourself in these places where you can all compete together? Or is that uh, not so much an issue at all? Well, I I mean, it is an issue, but not. I think Strong Magnet Corp is going to be putting it on in different parts of Canada each, each year. Okay. So to try to make it as fair as possible, so then everybody does, will have to travel at some point in time and stuff. Uh, there's only so much you can do when, yeah, Canada is quite large. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, our our province alone, Ontario, takes, if you went from one to the other, it takes over a day and a half of straight driving to make it through the whole province. Right, right. So yeah, I'm, I'm, they'll try their best for sure. Right. And, and I kind of just bring that up because when I think about the vast nature of this, of the country and where kind of everybody's located at these far reaches of it, um, and we don't have much different of a problem, I guess, in the States. It's just that maybe there's just a little bit better way to kind of get around, you know, I, I guess, and I guess I'm kind of I'm almost stereotyping right now. And you got to forgive me. I'm just picturing all these water planes and shit landing in Thunder Bay with all these competitors on it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's what I'm picturing. We do have roads. Oh, you do? Okay. Just so we can We do. I'm They're kidding. covered in snow right now, but we have yeah. roads. I'm kidding. See, I'm never going to get that invite up to Thunder Bay now. You guys are, or <laughs> I knew you guys are going to kill me for like three days worth of drinking. So I'm in trouble. Maybe I'm setting you up and I want that. I don't know. If you bring me really good bourbon, I'll let you come. Oh, really? See, I can do that. Am I allowed to get it across the border? I don't even know. Yep. Oh, great. Okay. Well, we'll set that See? up sometime. Perfect. We'll set it up when, it, when the snow uh, starts melting at the end of the year. So, but snow is really fun. It, well, I guess it can be. I better like it if you live in Canada, right? Especially that far north. If you just don't come in January and February when it's like minus 40, minus 50, you're good. Oh, perfect. All right. Then maybe we'll just see the Great White North at some point then before uh, the snow actually breaks. That can yes, be a way. Some people go south, we'll go north. Yes. So you, 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 you win nationals, you go to nationals, you win nationals, you go back to nationals, win nationals, get that pro card and that status, uh, which is starting to mean a lot to a lot of strong men and women out there, right? For a while there, that's pro status is like, What's this really mean? It's more of an individual thing, I think. And I, I gather that's what it really meant to you 
coming off that last place finish a while back and going, okay, I'm gonna get my damn pro card now. Um, has that how you see it? Do we see our community kind of starting to define what it means to be a pro in the community now? Albeit we have all these opportunities to compete amongst one another at these qualifiers regardless. How do you kind of see it playing out and how do you like it? Uh <laughs> this this could go two ways. <laughs> okay. I can't wait. This uh, is what I like to do. Yeah. Oh great. Um I personally, I mean, it took me a long time to earn that pro card. It meant an awful lot for me. Um, it kind of just was an individual thing to make me realize I'm not an imposter. I've put in the work, yeah. you know, I, I understand the scene, but even when I got my pro card and then going to the international shows, I was a whole other level playing, like playing level. I, I was, I don't know if I would say that I was fully prepared for something like that. <laughs> so you getting your pro card of, doesn't. The quality of strong women, right? The quality. Yeah. Of yeah. Okay. It was crazy. And just getting your pro card doesn't automatically just mean that you're ready for all of these shows. And like you said, nowadays, there's so many opportunities without your pro card that do you really even need it? Right. Or right. is it just, you want to get it to put on your Instagram? Right. Which isn't a bad thing. Listen, we all need goals, right? Right. Yeah. And so I, I think there's, I, I don't know. I don't know if you really need it to do all of these shows anymore. Well, I also think maybe there's an evolution going on here because you kind of just said it. When you talk about the international scene, that pro status is a prerequisite for me because, listen, you already know the competition is going to be stiff. Mm -hmm. And to earn your pro card at any one of these ways you can earn it, which is nationals, nationals, and nationals, I think. I don't even know if there's another way to earn it. Um, I think you can earn it at the Arnold Amateur. Oh, that's right. The Arnold Amateur. Yeah, I think Hannah Lindsay did that. Yep. Because that's, I think that's the only way that the ladies in the UK can get it. Oh, gotcha. Gotcha. Because they if have I'm no not mistaken, I could be wrong. Yeah, yeah. You might be right about that. I mean, I think it's the natural evolution of our sport, right? Because consumers look at it like that. If mm -hmm. you're a spectator or a consumer wanting to appreciate our sport, we recognize athletes in, all across the board in all different athletics as pros and amateurs. And that's how we kind of gravitate towards them. And that's kind of how we watch them. I don't watch amateur baseball. I watch professional baseball. Right? If I like baseball, which I don't, but that's what I'm getting <laughs> at. I wouldn't watch. I mean, I might watch college football. Maybe that's not a good analogy, but I think you know what I'm trying to say. I mean, but you watch OSG and those are amateurs and pros. I, I do. So I still think there's a place for the qualifier. I still think it's right. a beautiful thing because the qualifier allows us to fall in love with these unknowns. Yeah. Which I think is great. So I, I think there's a place for both. I just think that as Strongman kind of clears its path a little more through the public, that we need to have more pro-identified shows. And I think both USS and Strongman Corporate in the States is doing that now. I think, and of course, Clash has kind of set that up, right? Because you can argue anybody that makes the Clash. Well, I think you can argue that they're pro. I think you could. Yeah. Yeah. Clash Clash is definitely a tough one. Yeah, that was tough for you, wasn't it? How did it feel there? <laughs> Let's talk about Clash for a minute. It was a it was a great show, but man, it was hard. Yeah, was that the first <laughs> time you competed against Rhea? N no, okay. no, I was against her at OSG. Oh, that's right, your prior. Okay, yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah, that was the second time because at OSG, the podium was uh, Shannon, Rhea, Kate, me, and then in Clash, it switched. Yes. And then this one, it really switched. 
Yeah, but you're still seeing the sort of cream rise to the top. You know, I was looking at kind of all that coming into our interview, and there's these usual suspects now that are rising to the top of all these classes. And mm -hmm. I think that's so great for the sport because now we're kind of identifying who people are chasing and trying to knock off. And because people like you and Rhee and some others, Kate, are, are making it a point to make all these big shows that we can kind of see this sort of coming together now is, okay, you, there's a price on your head now. And I know in order for me to get to the top as a 64, I'm chasing Holly McRae around or I'm chasing Rhee around or somebody else around. You kind of feel that way a little bit maybe? I mean, just well, that, that, I'll that would be go for you here. I was like, oh, I don't think I'm one of those people. <laughs> you kind of are. I I'm, I'm, just, I'm just little old Holly. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, I would have Holly. to say, I guess, yeah, you feel that way, but I feel that way. So it, going head to head with Rhea on the yoke, it's like, oh my. Yeah. I get to go head to head with her. Are you, yeah. are you kidding me? So I guess, yeah, I, I would assume that, you know, uh, people who are maybe just starting out or kind of maybe yeah. that was their first year or something like that would, yeah, I, I could see 100% them putting us as like those top people they're trying to get for. But we have that too. Yes, yeah. Or at least I do. Because yeah, I just see myself as well. Right? Re would be that outlier. I mean, she's, yeah. you know, everybody knows Re. She's, she's pound for pound the strongest woman in the world. Arguably, we can we can all agree to that. She's mm -hmm. doing great things, and I like Nick Camby is in the 105s, and now Tyler yeah. Davis. If you look at the the 90s, I mean, he is the guy now, right? I mean, there's nobody right. on the planet better than him, and he's proven that time and time again through all these competitions. Just like all these top podium finishers, like yourself, are doing. But we need that in the sport. We need it. Yeah, that's what makes that's what makes it exciting for the younger generation, the new generation, not necessarily younger all the time. But this new crop of strong men and strong women coming up, we need to have these sights set. I want to be Holly McRae someday. I want to beat Nick Canby someday. I want to take down Tyler Davis where he's competing. So I'm just making that point because I think we're in a real cool paradigm right now with what's going on in the strongman community. Yeah, absolutely. I think if you don't have somebody to chase or goals to, you know, go after. I mean, I always say if you're the smartest one in the room, you're in the wrong room. Yeah, I like that. Right. Yeah. If you're the yeah. strongest in the room, then you're in the wrong room. You always want to be pushing. You always want somebody who's stronger so then you can have something to go for. Right. What do you think about this scene we're seeing right now in the strongman community? Uh, it's pretty amazing the type of numbers, even in the past four or five years since you've been in the sport. Did you ever think the evolution of it would be what it is right now and the type of numbers we're seeing? Not just the men, but I, I'm particularly fascinated with the women's scene because I think that's really skyrocketed from a strength perspective. And some of the weights uh, that you guys are doing. I mean, did you ever think of conceivably at 110 pound Ali McRae? That, I mean, come on here. Uh, yeah, the weights seem to be getting heavier and heavier, and I'm not liking it. <laughs> um, I, as bad as it is, I really don't put as much, I guess, effort into paying attention to the males as I do the females. Um, yeah. I really boost the females up quite a lot. I love watching them just to see what they can do mostly because I've, I've, I've watched the men already for so yeah. long that now yeah. that the females are getting bigger and bigger, there's just so many of them. I mean, our weight class had, I think it was like 35 lightweights. Crazy. Yeah. 35. That's insane. Yes. Yeah. And it, and it seems to be, and it's not just the women, even the men's had crazy amounts of athletes in it. And to know that there's that much talent in like one building is it's pretty awesome. 
It really is. What do you attribute that to the women's scene? I mean, I have my reasons, right? I think CrossFit plays into that big time right now, especially stateside. What we saw at Rogue was just, oh my God, can we just give a moment of silence and thank Rogue for what they're doing for the strongman community right now? That, that was a pretty awesome thing to watch. Oh my goodness, what a spectacle <laughs> that was. Oh, I just can't get over it. Such a wonderful thing to see. But it, what do you attribute the growth of the women's side of the sport? Is there any indicators for you that you say, you know what, this is a pretty good reason why? Um, I think, I think women are finally coming into themselves and being able to push back and saying, no, we don't have to just be what, I don't know, everybody tells us to be. Yeah. And I think the more people that can't come out and are big voices for the, the community, um, the more women are going to relate to that. Yeah. It doesn't seem as scary when you've got somebody who's relatable. Um, and, and I think another big part is that the men are finally supporting us. Well, I wouldn't say finally, cause it's not that they didn't support us, but I feel like the bigger names or the bigger voices are right. thoroughly backing the women as well and creating just as many opportunities for us. Like, you know, Anthony in clash, yep. he's saying right. the women deserve to be here too. They deserve to be equal there. And the more people that are doing that, then the more that the women are going to gravitate and then they're going to be seen more, right? Well, listen, it's not just a chivalrous move. I mean, it was a necessary move because of the amazing things the women are doing. Listen, you're not just all pressing 100-pound dumbbells anymore. I mean, shit. The heavyweights had the 150, which is 32 pounds away from the world record as the last in their ladder. I mean, think about that. I get that. I think that dumbbell Maya was like – yeah. I it, saw it backstage. I went, the I mean, girls are going to do that? Oh, it, it looked like another body they were holding up on their shoulders. I mean, it was crazy. It was. It was nuts. And I remember starting at my other podcast, you know, better than a year ago. And I made the reference like one or two shows in. Boy, someday we're going to see a 300-pound log. And if you'd asked me then when we were going to see it, I'd have thought, well, three or four years. Eight months later, there's three girls now pushing a 300-pound log. So this right? exponentially is taking place so much now that, yeah, damn straight the eyes are on the women. I mean, you're blowing the world, the mind of the world right now, and that's why I think your shows are equally as exciting. And I love the standalones. I think we need to see more of those because we can make you women a household name, and I think there's so much bigger audience there for you, not suggesting the guys, but because you guys are a smaller pool of athletes, to all be bigger stars is what I'm getting at. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's, it's pretty neat. I didn't think that I would see this when I started. Yeah. Uh, when I started, there was only like maybe four or five girls in this entire city who did it. And now it seems to be more people that I know do it and people I don't know. Right. So, so it's, it's really nice. It's really nice to see the empowerment that it brings forth. Well, you know, you're in the wrong city because you can't just stand alone in that city. I mean, that's we got to move you now. You got to go somewhere where there's not like a strong woman of your caliber and you can be that top dog, right? I mean, you know, I look at Thunder Bay now and I'm just amazed by the athletes up in that area now that I know that you're from there. But yeah, without a doubt, I, I think we're really in a really cool place that we're watching the women's side of the sport really help lead the way a little bit in making this a more recognizable sport globally, or at least the North American side of things where it could be recognized more by consumers and corporate. Yeah. You know, and I think we're going to get there. I know you're sponsored by mutant nation, which I think is super cool. You're wearing the shirt. Did they approach you? How did you get that gig? <laughs> um, I actually in, 
2019, I became an affiliate. Okay. Um, and, and then from there, I just kind of stuck with the company. Um, I always used their supplements long before that. Yeah. And then when I won the Arnold, uh, I'm quite close with Jim, uh, the CEO, and we kind of sat down, we had some conversations. Um, I know that mutant is mostly bodybuilding. So it's kind of crazy how I ended up at this company. <laughs> I love it. Um, listen, a note to everybody out there being an affiliate right now, even though I hate those affiliate programs, I'm not going to lie. I do <laughs> stick with it. Cause Holly just proved you can get a hell of a sponsorship from a company being an affiliate. Uh, I it's kind of, I'm the first affiliate to ever, to ever do it, but I worked, I worked really, really hard. Yeah. Um, and, and I truly and thoroughly back their products. Like I said, I used them long before I became an affiliate and we, we had a conversation and when you become family, you, you, you know, you sure. start to get to know each other and their goals and things like that. And the goals of the company align with the goals of me as a person. Right. And, uh, I guess, I don't know. They took a chance on a strong woman. I think it was a pretty easy pick, Holly. I mean, come on. <laughs> I mean, you represent very well. I, you know, and you got this great, this great edgy look about you too, which is very marketable. And I love that. I always say it's you the and the socks, are, right? It's the socks for sure. And it's those delts. I keep going back to that back and delts, but the socks for sure. You've got some great fucking socks. I always that. tell them, I'm like, you know, a strong woman doesn't work out. I might be able to do a bodybuilding show. I'm pretty sure. And you know, and good for mutant mutant. And I'll tell you why. I think more of these supplement companies need to get out of the one lane they're in and they need to start recognizing these other strength sports. Quite frankly, there's a better audience. There's a different consumer base for them altogether with where we're at right now because it's so watered down in that bodybuilding lane. Jeez, OP. It's not that I hate bodybuilders. I'm just saying, you know, so I don't, I know. I don't know too much about bodybuilding. I try to ask everybody in the company oh, and I'm like, exactly can you guys explain this stuff to me? Yeah, right. You look like a bodybuilder right now. But I don't understand the classes and stuff and oh, how yeah, it yeah. kind of all works out. Yeah, I'm with you. Let's just lift weight and get scored for lifting weight, right? Let's not worry about all those other little things. I really like pizza, so I don't I don't know if I could do that prep. That is exactly why I do strongman. It was beer. Like that's real that's yeah. really hard work that they do and I'm just I just don't think I could do it. No, no, I, and I couldn't either. So I give all the props in the world to my bodybuilding friends out there. Uh good for you guys. Life sucks, not for me. <laughs> I also like bourbon. Yes, I heard. And I'm going to bring a bottle of bourbon up to Thunder Bay. Like you know Pat what works Jack, really what good? Happy Jacks or something or uh you know what do you like? What's your what's your flavor down here? I, I love Woodford Reserve. <coughs> Woodford Reserve. Okay. All right. Double Oaked. Double Oak Woodford Reserve. I'm going to write that down. Double Oak Woodford and Reserve. And if you mix it with BCAs. <laughs> Get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> you hydrate your dehydration. Oh, true. Is that the way it works? I don't know about that. Get That's what I do. Is that Well, it makes you feel better. Anyhow, might give it a little nice flavor. It's like a little mixer, right? There's no sugar then either. Oh, that is true. Okay. Maybe you're onto something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, you got to put together a reel for that for your Instagram, like for mutant. It's something completely different that only a strong man or strong woman would do. I might have to ask permission for that. <laughs> yeah, you might have to. It's probably in your. It's probably the small print somewhere that you're not even allowed to talk about this stuff. Now you're in trouble. So listen, Sorry. you're you you go to the Arnold um, right off of your your nationals victory because that was your invite, right? A, sort of. I think they take the top ten, go to Arnold, and that's how you got there. Um, off the of your. Top the top 20 percent uh, not in canada in canada 
we, the first year I've, I've gone to the Arnold twice. Okay. So the first year, I think it was just the first place. Gotcha. And, and I'm, I, it was bef all before COVID. So like you start to forget things. Yeah, truly. It was like a lifetime ago already. And it was like, a year yeah, and a half ago. I know. Yeah. So the first, my first nationals I won, I went to the Arnold and then the second nationals I won, I was supposed to go to the Arnold, but then it got that next year right. got canceled. So then I ended up at this one. And just thought, well, I'll just wait it while I'm here. Right. Just might as well start putting on my resume. It was the very first show I had ever said I'm going to win. Really? Wow. You called it. You called your shot. I uh, I never, ever put a goal like that on myself. Even this OSG, it was I'll be happy with top 10. <laughs> and then I make my own personal goals for every lift uh, because I never want to feel that disappointment of dead last again. Yeah. And that was the very first show where I was like, no, F this. I'm winning it. Wow. Jeez, this gets better and better, this interview does. Honest to God. I, I I don't know why I did it, but I decided that that was it because I knew I never had another chance at that. Yeah, yeah. I guess now was the time, and, and you did it. And that's a great stage to be on to win that. I get it. They're working on that show a little bit. But to be at the Arnold and representing and winning it, uh, that's a title everybody wants. Uh, and certainly that's another one that, Feather, you added to your cap. What would you consider your best event, Holly? Um, pressing? Is it just pressing? Can I just say pressing? Is no. Pressing event? No? no? What is it for you? Uh, circus dumbbell is now obviously, okay. uh, with my spine injury, I can't press with my right arm. So I had to learn with my non-dominant arm. So I press with my left. And I think because I had to spend so long learning that it became really good. And yeah. I would, I would say stones. <laughs> as she, as the woman before me sits with both Canadian records and the log and the dumbbell, you throw it off and you say, well, it's stones. It's not pressing at all. <laughs> But you're but, great at stones. But the circus dumbbell, I mean, I hold the record for that. I did just hit the Canadian record, almost hit the world record. A little salty about that one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but the other one, like log and axle and stuff, I would say I'm like a mediocre presser. I wouldn't say I'm like above yeah. average on them. Well, that's 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 not a bad uh, – uh, yeah, I mean, I guess that's not a bad thing. You're doing so well in pressing, you're mediocre. That just means you're really good at other things. So the stones, for sure. I know you're a great stone loader. Yeah. Um, how tall are you? I have one. How are you a great stone loader? Uh, this is going to come out really wrong, but I can bend really well in half. <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, for some of us, that's pretty exciting. For others, that's great, too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I have no idea. I sucked, and I zeroed stones in every competition for, like, the first four years. Yeah, yeah. And then I got Max as my coach, and he, the way he explained it, it kind of clicked, and then I just rolled with it. You know, if anybody ever asked that question again, you say, I'm really good at triple extension. Uh -oh. If you are, you yeah. have to be at five foot one. How are you getting the stones up on the platform? Right? Jumping? You just about, you almost have to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we were supposed to have stones to 61 inches at Clash, and I'm 61 inches. Yeah. And I was like, you want me to do what? What did it end up being? <laughs> I think they dropped it down to 54. Which is still, I mean, it's up to your chin. I mean, you're getting that pretty high there. I get it. Generally, it's a pretty decently or manageable stone that you probably could shoulder all the time. But from a technique perspective, being a shorter stone loader, there's not a lot of margin for error there. No. I mean, you're 
you're moving pretty quick and you have to keep up with these girls that can stand up with a few of these first stones. Yeah. And you just perfected it. You become really good at it. You attribute all that to Max. I mean, for the way he coached you to understand. No, no. It. Like when he's, when I started, he, the, what he said made, made it sense. So then I stopped gotcha. zeroing it. Um, yeah. Then I, ha I've honestly, I've no, I have absolutely no idea. Yeah. I just... <laughs> it's like the wrestling uh, story you're telling me today, honestly. It all makes sense and it doesn't make any sense at all. It's great. It's a great interview. Do you see why I drink? <laughs> yeah. I mean, no. Why don't you just go to bed tonight and dream about something? I'm sure you'll do it tomorrow. <laughs> um, I just, I just, I, I, I constantly work at what I'm really bad at. And yeah. since stones were really bad, I just hammered it and hammered it and hammered it and did every accessory I could possibly do to strengthen what wasn't working. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, and honestly, that's the real answer. It's a true testament to your work ethic because everything you're telling me, if we go back and do it in slow motion here, you're finding these weaknesses. You're really focusing your efforts on that weakness to become better at it and not moving on until you do it. Sounds like you're, yeah, focused, I'm, focused, I'm focused. very stubborn. Yeah. Yeah. So when OSG announced the sandbag to shoulder, I had never done it before. And I couldn't even do a 150-pound sandbag to shoulder. I was like, what am I doing? God, where are you at now? Uh, I got the two. I can get the 225, our last one, for singles now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, and I hammered it twice a week over and over and over right. and over. And I failed and I failed and I failed. And then as one clicked, then I could move on. Yeah, gotcha. A little OCD with that then. You know, you're, yeah. you're just ultra focused on okay i'm not moving along until i get this it's yeah i, I try i try to work time. harder on my shitty events than i do on events that i guess come naturally more well you know what i hope everybody out there listens to that because you see it more and more time and time again these strong men and strong women that love to work on the events they're good at and ultimately they fail in competition because they're just not getting better at the other ones let's be good at everything not great at two things and i think that's yeah. the old adage in strongman right so yeah, I tell you. So, so you you get the Arnold done, and you obviously you're on a high now. I mean, you're you're coming off the Arnold in March. You're you're feeling good. You got this victory under your belt. I mean, they've announced Clash. You know that's on your calendar. You're not going to miss that inaugural Clash. You'd mentioned that was just a great experience. It was a, a cool contingency of women there. I felt. Um, I I love Hannah Cold Iron. I, I I made a comment the other day about you on and her on the show that sometimes I'll flip on your Instagrams and I'll get you mixed up. Because you both got the glasses, the big the hair similar, the big smile. I love Hannah, so that's a compliment to both of you, and I love you as well. But uh, that was in her backyard, I think, right? That was in Oklahoma. No, it was in Texas. Texas, okay, close enough. I get those places mixed up, but yeah, they would kill me for saying that. Of course, I think they're still border warring over there. But um, <laughs> so you were ready for that, but you had tweaked your biceps, so that was a little bit of a concern for you. But you tweaked it there. But what event did you tweak it in? You said you said stones at the last event. The very last event, the very last stone. Oh, perfect. Okay. So, so if it was going to happen, it was the perfect time for it to happen. Yeah. Did you, I, and I can't remember the standings in that. Were you in a pretty good podium spot there that take one of your Holly McRae stone runs to get you to that podium? Uh, I don't, I, I don't, I didn't know where I was. I didn't even know I placed third until after. I had no idea what was going on. You don't pay a it lot was, of attention to that when you're at shows a lot of times? You get caught up in the points a little bit? No, or? not really. I Like I said, I make specific goals for every event that I want to hit. Yeah. And then anything after that is a bonus. 
Gotcha. Um, yeah. I don't tend to usually worry about what other competitors are doing. I don't usually even watch what they're doing. I pay attention to myself. I don't watch their training videos leading up to the competition. I, I just do what I want to do. Yeah. Well, and I, however know, that places me, I guess, is just a bonus. You know, that's a common denominator, Holly, that I'm hearing amongst the 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 pros, the better competitors in the strongman community. They pay little mind to anybody else. They honestly don't even watch the competitions they're part of. Even Nick O'Hare said it to me the other day. He says, well, don't even watch the competition because you just get your heart rate up. You don't need to do that. You need to rest between events, which was a great point of view, I guess. I, I never heard anybody really say it like that, but it makes sense. But it's just staying within yourself. And it seems like all the great strongmen do that. It's less concerned about the event. I'll watch the replay when it's over. I'm going to stay in my lane, stay within myself. It's about me. Let's not think about the points and get the job done. I uh, I watched to cheer on the girls uh, yeah. like after me. I usually right. can't keep reps or anything in. Um, but because I know them all, almost all of them now personally, I really, really want to see them do really well. So I'll stick around to cheer them on and stuff. But it's not me sticking around to see how many they're going to get for my okay. next or whatever the case may be. Fair enough. Yeah, no, that's that's true. Because you guys do have a pretty tight group in those 64s. I, will say I, I would hope that I'm pretty sure that we all get along. Yeah, that's not what I hear. I get all the dirt behind the scenes. I can't share any of that with you, though. I hear there's a few of you that don't like each other. I'm joking. Well, I, I was just trying nobody to share that information with me. Let's start a scandal. <laughs> Holly McCrae, nobody likes you. Um, I like all of the 64s. I'll yeah. put that out there. Yes, and I, I I think it's across the board, the 64s. I'll say that about everybody. Panda, of course, it says that, uh, uh, you know, without even being asked, uh, that every one of you girls are on speed dial for every one of you girls if there's ever a problem or an issue or uh, something to talk about or training or personal or other. So I think that's really, really cool. Despite the growth of our sport, we still have these very close classes of people. And we may not see that forever, let's face it. This sport's going to get big and there's going to be different people sort of gravitating, to, gravitating towards different people. But the sport's still small enough to really appreciate the family nature of it, I think. I, I, I'm going to hope that it at least stays somewhat like that because that's, I think, part of almost the reason why you want to almost stick with it. It's, yeah, competing is fun, obviously, and, you know, lifting the weights. But you get to see your, like, it's like you get to have a family reunion every couple months, yeah. right? And sure. and then you're like, I get to see my friends. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Another reason to really get excited about competing. And that's why I love about watching the social media when you guys all get together at these different events that I would love to be at. 2023 is going to be a better year for me and getting around to meet all you and see you in person. But I really love that aspect about it as well. And I think you, we saw it at OSG on a different level because you're able to interact with these international competitors that you wouldn't otherwise see. Well, of course, with the clash too. But um, so let's talk about that. So we, we're going to kind of finish this interview and this dive into your third place in the world. And arguably, I'm looking at all your stats in front of me. Yeah, you are the legitimate podium finisher in the world right now. I don't think there's any argument that in any competition for any of the 64s, Holly McRae would be put on that podium in every pro pick that we'd ever do. So talk about OSG for a second and going into that show. Was there any thought in your mind, I am just way outmatched here by these girls because there were some monsters in that class? 
Uh, I can't say that I would say that I'm outmatched. It took me quite a while to finally not feel like an imposter. And I'm, I, I definitely have to say that I can now ride with the best of the best. And I Absolutely. would like to think that I'm one of the best of the best. Yep. Um, but I didn't quite, I didn't train a lot leading up to it for the last two weeks, being a mom of a teenager. Uh, my, my life is devoted to my children and they always come first. So I wasn't really in the gym as much because my central nervous system was being fried as a mom. So I didn't want to overload myself. Yeah. So I wasn't really quite sure how it was going to go. I was just kind of rolling with it. And then, you know, flying in into a hurricane and going by myself. I was like, well, it'll be one hell of an adventure. And we know you like adventures. Yes. (laughs) And I just kind of went with that. I knew if I stressed out about it or anything. And like I said, I don't. I don't really pay too much attention to what the other girls are doing and lifting like I do to the point where I want to support them, but I don't fixate it or anything. So I just was like, "Eh, let's go have some fun and see what happens. Once again, in Holly McRae fashion, let's just see what happens. And then all of a sudden you're on the podium. When you started that day one, uh, Viking Press, was that a decent, where'd you finish in that? Uh, I think I was tied for, no, I think I got fourth. Fourth, okay. So pretty good start, yeah. In the yeah, final, I wasn't expecting that many reps. That that was pretty crazy. I wanted yeah. five to ten, and I think I got fourteen. I think everybody enjoyed that biking press. I think everybody got it in their head that it was going to be a lot heavier at the at the point, you know, at that that point of contact, right? That everybody talks about how heavy is it at the handles, and it seems like everybody did pretty well. And I don't know if the adrenaline was just flying, but the whole contest from top to bottom, men and women, seemed to really have fun with that biking press. I uh, I actually stood on a scale in the gym at the end of the Viking press to weigh exactly was it, what it was at the hands. So yeah. I was I was hitting in training. Um, I mean our our weight was one sixty five, and I was hitting like one eighty five for six to eight reps. Oh, geez! So you were right there. You knew where you were going. Yeah. Be. So I knew it wasn't going to be that bad of an event. I wasn't. Uh, I wasn't just dipping into it though. I was resetting everyone. And so when yeah. Lynn said we didn't have to do that, I was like. Well, this is so much easier. Yeah. Okay. So that was a bit of a change at the end, right? Because the rules said that was not going to be allowed, but okay, fair enough. Right. And, and so nice then we everybody for hanging out for a couple days there. So that's good. Yeah. So that ended up, I think that's what helped push that number up so high. Or maybe the adrenaline. I don't know. It, you never it was know also that. a different Those Viking press than we have. Ours is a lot wider. This yeah. one was here. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes a big difference for me, too. When I get a little narrower, I can really get some tricep power popping on that. Yeah. And and a lot of front delt that I normally wouldn't get out here. So Um, farmers walk. So they lighten that up. So that had to have been nice. I mean, geez, oh, Pete's because Luke kept saying, no, this farmer's is going to bite people. It's going to bite them. They didn't like it. Well, you said it, but they took out a run, though, right? It was just one. Yeah, but then they picked the heavier weight. Oh, they did. Okay, my bad. I thought they (laughs) took the lighter weight in that. No. That was awful. Did you do it? I didn't watch your farmer's run. Did you, I'm sure you got it. I did. I got like 18th or something on it. Oh, geez. You almost shit the bed there, didn't you? Oh, my God. <laughs> Holly, I can tell you we're going to be working on that farmer's walk all next year now, right? I I don't I don't know what happened. I was like, well, I finished it. Yeah, I guess, right? I mean, you did pretty well on the Vikings, so that gets you by a little bit. Thank God for readjusting points on the second day, I guess. Um <laughs> I think everybody appreciates that. Um, what was, and I should know these events by heart because I did all those pro pip shows and I can't now. Oh, it was the, uh, uh, it was the, the axle deadlift. 
Mm-hmm. Now, going into that, we felt like that was a pretty good amount of weight for reps. Mm-hmm. That was 380 for you guys? 380, yeah. Yeah, yeah. How'd you feel in that? Uh, really well. Uh, I was hitting, I was back up to 440 for doubles in training. Yeah, yep. So, so I was pretty, pretty confident with it. Um, I think I ended up, I got nine reps and I was like in a three-way tie for, I, oh God, I don't know, third or something yeah. up there. Okay. Yeah. We thought they'd be stacked up a little bit in that one, but that's great. And you, it, does your back give you any issues with pulling then? Is there just more compression? Uh, there was a little, there was a little tweak that I had to change because I would like almost like cock my neck back and it mm. compressed my spine oh. and then I try to pull. Okay. So then as soon as my osteo noticed that, then I started training differently. And then I got Sean as a lifter to really break down my deadlift for me. Yeah. And so I've stopped doing that. So you're a little more so, chin forward now in your pull. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm also more back, <laughs> like upper back instead yeah, upper of back, lower yeah. back. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah, so we, we switch things where you're not supposed to be to be where you need to be, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Upper back pulling. I gotcha. Yeah. Well, it, and it did. Yeah, I, I was pretty happy with it. I didn't feel really fatigued. I definitely, I mean, had they kept the time the same, I, I would have had more, but I was still happy with the nine in 45 seconds. Well, listen, I, you know, I'm a big fan of Sean all the way, and there ain't nobody better to get you right on that deadlift than Sean. So shout out to you, Sean, for sure. Um, so that was third event, fourth event, sandbag. We talked about that. You got the 225 up. That ladder wasn't as difficult for you as it may have been for others because you were loading that bag anyhow. I didn't get the 225. Oh, you didn't? I thought you said you got that. No, I can do it in training, but oh, okay. in that medley, that was not happening. Were you shot from the deadlift? How were you feeling coming off that deadlift? Was that one of the bigger reasons? Uh, no, I don't think so. I think I was just, that was just a long day. Yeah, yeah. It was the last event. The floor was beyond slippery so i was scared um a bit too to be you know to put my feet in the wrong spot and then slip away but it just it just wasn't there gotcha yeah no that probably happened for a lot of girls at that point too i, I looked the, I, I looked at the the playback of my video and stuff in the first three they were going well i had the hip power and it just was like no not happening yeah so you got a pretty good time split in that first three bags and uh, yeah. uh, do you remember your placing on that I think, if I'm not mistaken, I was second or oh, wow. third. Wow, you moved through them pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that really sets you up for a nice uh, day two then. And in a, when they reconfigured the points, where did you fall? I was fourth. Oh, okay. Get the job done. You got yep. three events. One of them's your nemesis. You just got to get through the yoke. Yeah, I was pretty. I was, I was like, man, this yoke is gonna put me so far down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it could have. I mean, geez, old Pete's. I didn't finish it last year. Yeah, yeah. Wow. I mean, again, it's storybook, right? You're getting under that yoke, and I get that you're a confident person. You're you're a pro. You're at the level you need to be at. But if anything is gonna rattle your cage, it's got to be that yoke at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you finished it. I did. I actually. <laughs> Right before my very last pick to finish it, I was screaming at myself, calling myself a little bitch if I didn't finish it. Yeah, I wish we had that on tape. Maybe we could find that. I'm sure we can. Because you probably weren't <laughs> was, really screaming that, right? <laughs> I, I I was. I was actually yeah. saying, I'm probably screaming it in my head. Yeah. 
But I, I remember telling myself that if I didn't, I, I was like, you need to pick this up and finish it, you little bitch. And I was like, okay, here we go. Nothing is more self-motivating, calling yourself a little bitch, honestly. It works every time. It does for me. It works too. for me. I'm drinking with you all the way now. We're going to do this. So <laughs> as you finish that, you felt really good about that. Listen, Stones is coming up. I mean, it, it, you couldn't be in a better place at this point. You finished Yoke. You're going into a Circus Dumbbell, which, again, you're the Canadian record holder. I mean, this is maybe not your favorite event that you suck at, but we all know you're pretty good at it. I really um, love Circus Dumbbell. Yeah, so why not just do the Circus Dumbbell, get in the stones, and win first place? How far were you behind Rhea at that point? You're looking back on I, it. Seven and a half points going into stones. Okay, so it was it was it would have been a push. You were expecting a lot of help at that point to get any further than hitting that third place on the podium. Which yeah, uh, I was only point zero three seconds away from second place. Okay, I knew that was a tighter matchup for you. Yeah, wow. So, yeah, I mean, let's just, I mean, I get it. How can we call you second and a half place? Can we do that? Pardon? You were second and a half place then is what you're telling me. No, I was third. I know. I'll say that. You don't have to say <laughs> that. You can be that humble winner. I won't say, yeah, that's fine. I, I'm really, I wasn't too upset about it. Uh, uh, that's crazy. I would have really loved if both of us went at the same time. Yeah, that makes a difference, right? I mean, absolutely makes a difference. But that didn't that that would have been really off that way. Of course, she was going against Rhea, I think, right? Or did? Yeah, she went against Rhea. I don't know how they managed to work it out because we were both tied for second going into Stones. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know how they work any of that. But yeah, it would have been neat if her and I went head to head and got that. Yeah. Point zero three and 0.06. Reference: We need to make a switch in that sixth event if we know that first place is so far ahead. They match the first against fourth, put second against third, and have you guys be battling it out, right? At that, that point, would that would have been a better spectating show as well. Yeah. So because we all knew Reed was going to finish it. Yeah. Right. Like, in, unless for some reason there was an injury or a mishap, right. or you know, she was happen. finishing it. That's right. It, absolutely. Yeah, you're right. That would have made for well, it would have made for a better competition. Take nothing away from the show or what you did or she did. But it really would have been maybe it would have been entertainment. Different. Absolutely, it would have been entertainment. <laughs> if we're talking she, about, she definitely deserved it. She pushed hard, but yeah, yeah, yeah it separated us by point zero three. I'm just thinking of it from a consumer standpoint. I would have loved to see that stone matchup. And hey, listen, you guys are going to have a chance to do it again. We know the cream rises to the top at all these shows, uh, and now we know that you're going to break down that stone video a thousand times and go, "Where did I lose the stones at?" And once again, nope. no, you're not going to do that. Good, glad to hear. Nope. Don't, don't care. I'm mad. happy. I okay. did everything I possibly could. And that put me in third and I earned third. And I think that's fantastic because you are third in the world, Holly, mm -hmm. officially. And nobody can dispute that because your record and your resume speak for itself. Uh, you are by far one of my favorite strong women and always have been secretly from afar. And that <laughs> Well, now you can't be afar. Now you got to be closer. Well, I know. I'll get up to Thunder Bay. We're going to figure this out. I, I want to get up there and see Max and Sam anyhow because I've been meaning to get with Max. Oh. oh. No, I'm not saying that with you. I'm not saying. I'm saying it'd just be a fun experience. All You'll probably get sick of me after a day anyhow. So I'm going to have to have other friends up there for God's sake. It's okay. I get it. Max and Sam are pretty awesome. You probably can't keep up with me anyhow. You're too much of They ass. don't drink bourbon, though. Oh, boy. they'll get. We'll get them everybody shitty then. Yeah, we'll get your whole town shitty. We'll bring up a case of that bourbon and yeah, we'll be laughing <laughs> all the way. 
Hey, Holly, thanks for uh, joining me today. This has been a lot of fun. Uh, I've been really looking forward to doing this with you, and uh, definitely we'll stay in touch, and hopefully we can make that trip happen because I'd love to bring some cameras up there and just see that bunch of Canadians just do what you guys do best. Walk around. Oh, you're welcome snow. anytime. Yeah, it sounds great. We'll drink. Uh, we'll drink. We'll throw stones around. We'll make snow angels. We'll do all that fun stuff up there. And I'll even. I don't even have to take. Do I? What? How do I get into Thunder Bay? Do you fly in there or do you snowmobile in? <laughs> uh, it depends on if you're going to come stay in our igloos. Oh yeah, that's true. Good one, Holly. We'll end it on that. <laughs> that's perfect. <laughs> yeah, if I stay in the igloos. Well, thanks there you for go. Me. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. All right. Happy holidays.